Hey everyone, thanks for joining us for the very first episode of Season 2 of the Freshly Squeezed Podcast. We are Jacob and Brooks, and each week we dive into the depths of topics including faith, friendship, and creativity. This week we'll be talking about the authority of the Lord's Word and discussing it through the lens of Star Wars TV show, The Mandalorian. This week's guest is none other than our friend Q Shear. We hope you enjoy hearing from Q as much as we did and get a lot out of our conversation today. Hey everybody, we are back with season two of the Freshly Squeezed podcast. I think I may like put in like the yay sound and the cheers. Yeah. As long as I can be one of those cheers, I'll be okay. Okay. Like break some glass in the microphone for a sound effect. (laughs) We are really excited to jump into some new topics and themes. Um, This week, we are going to be talking a little bit about a TV show. Not too many people know about it. It's it's like a offshoot Star Wars show called, um, you know, yeah, it's an indie kind of a. But, uh, yeah, Matt, I was called the mandolin this whole time. (laughs) I was expecting a very different type of music. Yes. Uh, (laughs) That's a different, that's a different show. Um, (laughs) yes, we're going to make that parody freshly squeezed studios. Anyway, um, we're going to be talking about specific character and phrase in there and kind of applying that, um, to kind of a posture we want to take spiritually. Um, but first I want to introduce our guest today. His name is Q and that, that that's the only letter in his full name is Q. It's true. It's actually, it's not true. Um, I was originally going to be called Q and then, uh, and then they changed their mind. Mm-hmm. I was gonna be Q. My sister was going to be Z before we were even born. They planned hmm. out one boy, one girl. Uh, they got that part, right? Just not the names. Uh, yes. so my, my real actual human being legal driver's license name is uh, Quillen. But Quillen. Okay. Quillen. Yeah. My, How do you spell uh, that? Uh, Q-U-I-L-L-A-N. My social security number ends in four. No, wait, we're not doing that. Um, <laughs> y'all, ain't getting, y'all ain't getting any of that. No, my mom decided uh, we were going to name me a normal person name. And then my dad kind of won out in the end because everyone just calls me Q now. <laughs> so, which was well, a great like thing for a long time. It really it was kind of fun. People were like, oh, like, James Bond or like Star Trek. Oh, and yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah, that's awesome. And now when I go to Taco Bell and I put my name in as Q, they're like, oh, like the conspiracy theory. And I go, I don't want to be named this anymore. <laughs> well, I don't even know what this is. You have to tell us. Unless it's, it's uh, not worth going down this, this rabbit it's, it's a rabbit trail. hole. It's rabbit trail. It's a rabbit house that's not worth getting into. But it's, it's <laughs> just popular enough that it brings out a lot of people. And the moment you say Q, some people's eyes light up in a way that I wish I didn't see their eyes light up in. <laughs> They kind of just slowly back away from danger. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Now I'm really curious. I know what I'm doing after this. <laughs> <laughs> Q, answer a few questions for us. Hit me with a few questions first. What do you do? Where are you from? And how do you know Brooks and Jacob? That is a good series of questions. All right. So my name is Q. Uh, I've already answered that one. Uh, for those interested in the origin of the name, it is uh, Nordic for bear cub. So, mm. Whoa! Uh, although the way it's pronounced, apparently, um, it, I only know this from a man on a train in Switzerland who told me. So take this with a grain of salt. He said it means slightly angry bear cub. Ooh. So it's like mm. like a perturbed bear cub. Mm. <laughs> I I don't know how accurate that is, but he seemed very convincing on that train. So I I fully believe him at this point. Uh, I am from the state of Rhode Island. Uh, we are cool. the smallest state with the biggest name. Nope, that's a lie. Uh, we changed our name yesterday. 
Whoa, 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 whoa. Rhode Racist Island just changed news. its state name. What is it now? Uh, so it was the state of Rhode Island of Providence Plantations. And then we're like, it's it's 2020. We probably shouldn't have plantations in our name anymore. Uh, so now we're just the state of Rhode Island. Okay. So. Okay. Wow. wow. The more, the more, now we're just, uh, we're the smallest state and our name isn't special anymore, yeah. which <laughs> is 100% for the better. Um, yeah, I grew up there my whole life. Uh, moved to Florida for a hot second there and then moved up to Tennessee and I've been here ever since. Well, cool. So I lived yeah. in Tennessee and now I'm in Florida, so. Crazy wow. how life works like that. Rhode Island's next for you. How do you feel about so, um, the cold? And I, I have a you know so so relationship with the cold. I kind of miss it though, living in Florida. Yeah, Ooh. right I now it's like wonder. 60 65 and it feels a little chilly. Can we, can we trade spaces? That sounds great. Sure, man. 65 I'm, right now that, that <laughs> does sound really nice. It Has does, it ever yeah. snowed since you've lived down there? Mm, nope. Yeah, I don't know I why I asked so. that question. You're on the beach. You're not missing much. <laughs> You're really yeah, not. Like Tennessee's yeah, like I the do. worst middle ground of both because you have, like, it's cold, but it doesn't really snow. Like, at least Rhode Island, it's cold and it snows. But I feel like mm-hmm. Tennessee's just kind of that middle ground where it's like, oh, it's miserable and there's no consolation prize of snow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> one of the other, I live in yeah. Missouri, and then we had, like, everything in the extreme. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. Well, oh, yeah. How do you know us? Oh, that's a that's a really good question. Um, I met both of you through the church that we uh, attended together, the Vineyard. Sure did. Yeah, I, I'll be honest, Brooks. I can't put like a, a date to when I met you. Um, yeah, I, I started going to the Vineyard in 2015, um, but I wasn't in youth group like as a volunteer until 2016. Yes. So I, when did you start going mm. to the Vineyard? 2015. Okay. We probably wandered in at the same time then. Yeah. Well, I remember we were both like kind of starting to become youth leaders at the same time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I do remember the first time you did a sermon at, at in our youth group. Oh, which which one was that? Was that I think it may have been the Lego one? Old Testament. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, that was uh that was a fun one. Yeah. That was really fun. And so I, th- I think I've had this conversation with Jacob before, but I'll, I'll say it again for the podcast. I feel like I know Jacob more than I actually do. Just because, like we we were youth leaders for a little bit at the same time, but we, we didn't mm-hmm. our streams didn't really cross over terribly much. That's but true. Then, yeah. When Jacob moved from Tennessee to Florida, I kind of filled in in a lot of the places that he was, from mm-hmm. being like the resident tech guy at the church, um, it, to being like the guy who can do videos, and then also uh, like taking over like the preteen ministry, um, mm-hmm. being one of their main leaders over there. So I felt like I was always like picking up something that Jacob had done previously. And like I, just, I kept hearing this name over and over again, like, oh yeah, Jacob, the old, the old preaching guy, or the old, the old video guy, or the one who used to film all these things, or X, Y, and Z. I'm like, I just, I, I've stepped into whatever shoes these are, <laughs> and I'm like, just slowly like pick stuff up detective style, like, oh, Jacob used to do this or that. And I'm like, I just feel like I know this person so much more than I actually do now because <laughs> I've been walking in his shoes for uh, a moment now. That's so funny. I'm glad you didn't say your SSN earlier. It might, we might have freaked us out. We might have it like you might have yeah. stole my identity. <laughs> you know, well, you tell yes. me yours so we can verify that. Okay, maybe later at the same time. Ready? <laughs> okay. Three, two, two, one. <laughs> the big reveal. <laughs> yeah. Yes. That's cool though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very funny. Um, the the kids for a while. Um, for my first couple months, I kid you not, they called me New Jacob. It's like I knew Jacob. It's way more syllables than just Q. They caught on eventually. <laughs> and letters. Yeah. yeah that's, I was like, that's the worst mispronunciation letter. of your name so far. 
I've been called a lot of things, but New Jacob is probably the furthest from Q I've ever gotten. <laughs> probably the most like uh, flattering, I'm sure. Oh, I I felt just <laughs> absolutely wonderful with that. I'm like, yes, yeah. I, I have my own identity. I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah. Oh, they learned that soon enough. Don't you worry. Hey, a cool thing of well, we'll get into the theme, and then we can kind of get into like why I think. Q is a great guest to have on talking about these things. But a really cool thing that I'm excited for is like Q's input and help with creative projects that Jacob and I are stepping into next, mainly because he and I are roommates. And it's true. <laughs> we are. We are in our uh, kitchen right now. Yeah, we are in our kitchen right now. So it may be a little echoey and we're going to be trying out like different um production nooks yeah. as we get like furniture in different corners of the apartment and stuff. But um, yeah, part of the agreement with me living with him is that I can just ask him any tech questions whenever I want. You know? Absolutely. doesn't matter what time it is. <laughs> it's debatable. <laughs> My answer depends on what time it is. That's true. So today we've based this whole entire episode and we actually came up with this, this episode idea months months ago and before season it, it one fits, started yeah it fits perfectly with this because season two just came out of the mandalorian and this whole idea of of this episode came off one phrase from the character do you guys know the name of this character or brooks do you know the name of this character i believe it's quill yeah but how is it spelled quill. it's spelled k-e-u-i-i-l I'm not super okay. sure if that's Quill. the pronunciation. Um, okay. So we're going to go with Quill. One phrase he says that was just, I don't know, it was just so cool. He says, I have spoken. You know that phrase? Yes. Remember him saying yeah. that? He says it, he says it multiple times. And a he's lot. like, I, I wish we had a clip and I wish I would have done my homework and watched more of The Mandalorian this week. Uh, Brooks, you, you watched the first episode, didn't you? He, yes. I don't think he's in the first episode, though. He is. Um, oh, is he? Yeah, the first episode's pretty long. Um, okay. It's the longest. I think it. Well, I'm not going to say facts, but it's it's a. I think it's about 40 minutes long. <laughs> not going to say facts. Yeah. So um, basically, he just says like he's going to do something, and someone might contest it. Like, hey, what? Like, are you sure we shouldn't? He's like, I have spoken. He yeah. just like affirms it and says, I have mm -hmm. spoken, which basically is saying like it's it's done. It's what I've said is truth. And that's that's final. I that's what we're gonna do. It's just a yep. cool, cool way to say it. Um, and uh, great show. Which, by the way, Q, do you are you a fan of the show? Oh, one hundred percent. I absolutely love it. On a scale of like one to ten, I know you gave us a percentage there and said one hundred percent. But on a scale of one to ten, would it be ten? I guess uh, it would be a ten. I think I think I need some backstory to just explain. Yeah. just how deep my love of star wars runs um okay yeah so my dad is uh legally a jedi <laughs> he is okay he what is a master jedi surprised. yep he is a licensed master jedi i um, want to know more so he it, it's a little less exciting in real life i kind of like to leave it at that sometimes uh no he is a licensed <laughs> master electrician and he oh. owns a company called jedi enterprises <gasps> electrical services that is so cool so somehow that he has not so been cool. sued by either George Lucas or the mouse yet. And I feel like I might be like outing him right now. <laughs> Just in case any yeah, Disney execs are listening to this, like we've been doing this so for a while. So many Disney executives listen us. to this podcast. So, um, oh yeah. yeah so just he's, ignore this part. 
he's a master Jedi, um, but being a master electrician instead of like a residential electrician means that you are able to train apprentices who are in oh, his company, so lovingly known as Padawans. So, that is so cool. He, uh, he just got a that's new Padawan awesome. recently, which he's been working out pretty well. Um, Ahsoka Tano? Uh, <laughs> no, I think it's I think it's Jake. A little less Jake exciting. from State Farm. Yeah, Jake, yeah. yeah from yeah. from Star Wars, exactly. Um, but that the story doesn't really stop there. For a hot second there, he collected a whole bunch of Star Wars gear, so his office is filled with it. And then uh, when we moved into a new house a couple years ago, he said, you know, it's time for you to watch Star Wars, which is like, it's a big moment in our house. It's like, it's coming mm-hmm. of age. It's like, you know, when kids turn 14, they do the whole manhood thing. No, for us, it was watching Star Wars. Mm-hmm. So he goes, we're, we're going to build a movie theater so you can watch Star Wars in it because they're not so. playing the old ones in the theaters anymore. So he and I spent about seven years. I say he and wow. I, it was mostly he, he's much better at these things than I am. Um, renovating the top of our barn to be like a full sized home theater. Absolutely oh massive. So, so and, cool. and you and waited seven years to watch there, it. Mm-hmm. We watched what? We watched Star Wars in there. So I waited you, seven years for some of them. We hadn't we hadn't finished all of it. So we we ended up watching a lot of episodes in the barn, like his little workout area underneath the barn mm-hmm. to watch that. Okay, but I remember I'm trying to think of which one we watched. I think we watched. It was one of them. It wasn't one oh of the good goodness. ones. But I remember watching. That was the first one thing we watched in there was Star Wars. Cause that was the whole point in building what it. What kind so of anticipation must that have been? It was a lot. Building up. Like, we're mm-hmm. making this to watch these movies. This is for the Seven years later, mm-hmm. you watch the rest of the movie. That's, that is legit. I, I kind of see myself doing a similar thing with all the, Aven- all the uh, Marvel movies with my kids. Like, I oh. love those so much. Yes, and I'm like, I, they're gonna miss all the anticipation and all the excitement of figuring out what movie's coming out next, and all of the like. They're missing all of that. They just know everything that's out at the moment. Yeah, and they're like, oh, cool, we'll watch them. We don't have to watch them in order. But I'm like, I almost don't want to show them everything that's out, and mm-hmm. then get them excited by seeing end credit scenes. Like, oh my goodness, what they're <laughs> they're in this? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, maybe I'm just geeking out and being silly but that just i'm get i get excited for that for ella one day she's gonna love spider-man just i, feel like, I just know it <laughs> i feel like my biggest fear as a parent is is having a kid who's like me who thinks that things that came out when my dad was my age are old and there's no point in watching them <laughs> i i rebelled against anything yeah. he wanted me to watch mm-hmm. other than star wars as a kid because it was all old and mediocre and i'm like i don't want yeah. my kids to think that about marvel or yeah. any oh, of this stuff Surely they won't. Surely. That brain not. <laughs> if you're listening, you're probably wondering why or wondering how we're going to tie in um, one phrase or even just like the topic of Star Wars and the Mandalorian into like a spiritual conversation. Um, but like we said, we were kind of stewing on this before we started the podcast, like mm-hmm. even the first season. Um, and we came to um, – under our list of topics and themes, we came to the topic of like quiet confidence or Godfidence, which is the cheesy uh, <laughs> preacher way to say it. <laughs> Love it. Say, say it with us, Q. It's fun. Godfidence. 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 Um, yeah. But yeah, like um, I just went back and watched that first episode again. And then how, how that character says, like, I have spoken. It's just like with such conviction. Oh, yeah. Um, if you haven't mm-hmm. seen the episode or seen The Mandalorian, you should check it out. Or just look up a YouTube clip of this dude. He's super cool. Um, but like just the idea of um, being matter of fact and like being sure and confident or being sure in the words that you're saying um, 
and how to walk that in a balance between like the balance that we kind of pointed out was like, you can walk with a posture of like self-righteousness of like, I know what I'm saying is true and walk in this self-righteousness mm-hmm. or even on the other end of the spectrum, walk in false humility where it's like, man, nothing I do is worth anything. I don't know anything. Um, mm-hmm. Like, yeah. So I just kind of want to us to kind of explore those two poles, but also like, how do we find, how do we walk in that, that balance of like being confident in God? I got kind of a spoiler of like, where do we find the the confidence? Um, we'll talk about that. But I think Q walks that out pretty well um, from what I can tell. It's uh it's a ruse. <laughs> no, that's a lie. It's, um it's growth. Yeah. It's definitely not always this way. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, there's backstory, I guess, that comes with everything. Uh, mm-hmm. We did this class recently uh, through the Mile High Vineyard up in Colorado called mm-hmm. Faith Walking. Oh, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Which is, it was awesome. But it kind of, it's it, in a very similar vein to counseling. You kind of go back and you find these like moments in your childhood, in your life when you realize, okay, this is a moment where part of my character was defined, part mm-hmm. of it was created. Um, for me, this was, this is a newer revelation. I'd, I'd been in counseling before, um, but this had never really come to the surface until more recently when I was young enough to be about to go into school. Uh, I was born in July, which in Rhode Island is like right at the cutoff date for going into, into school. And I guess I was, I was bright enough as a young boy that they said, well, we'll, we'll send him in early. So I was a f- almost full year. I think July 24th was our cutoff date and I was born on the 13th. So I was a full year younger than everyone else in school with me, um, which is fine to a certain extent until you start getting a little older, you hit fourth grade, fifth grade, and then you hit middle school and high school. And I realized everyone around me had just like one rung up. I always felt like I was slightly less like both emotionally mature and like, I guess, mentally capable of remembering everything that everyone else did in school. So Mm -hmm. I felt like everything just came easier to everyone else. So I had to learn to adapt with that. Um, I had to study a little bit harder. I had to uh, change the way that I talk to sound like I knew what I was saying, when in reality, half the time, I, I was kind of completely making it up. Mm-hmm. Um, but I got good at <laughs> copying what other people were doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I managed to make it all the way through high school with that. Um, but when I got to college, I had this delightful um, case of imposter syndrome, mm. where it, it just kind of feels like, you are a fraud and everyone around you is the real deal. And then the moment everyone figures out that you're actually not the real deal like them, you're going to be outed and you know, your, your social life, your regular life is just going to be over. Someone mm-hmm. doesn't realize you're not, you're not actually worth your salt. Um, and it took, it took a couple of years to realize, okay, maybe that's, maybe that's not true. Mm-hmm. Like in my mind, this has been true for the last 20 years of my life. Um, but then, you know, when you hit college and you find there are other people you can have like deep emotional conversations with, which is an t- entirely new concept for me, mm. uh, realizing that other people actually kind of feel the same way and other people struggle with the same things and that my, my grade didn't actually reflect that I was it, honestly incredibly stupid and, and not like everyone else. Um, and I realized, oh, I'm actually, I'm actually kind of fitting in. Then I had a couple adults in my life who reassured me regularly that there was no such thing as actually growing up. Mm. Um, yes. you just you got just got better at pretending to be an adult, and it might not be fully true. It's it's at least ninety percent true. So that was that was kind of a long cycle. But sometimes I find myself wrestling with that like fake confidence that I had, mm. that like the facade that I had to put on through high school to like make it through. Right, and 
sometimes that comes off a little too strong. It comes off like sounding really cocky or like I, I don't know, smug. And I've been trying the last like year or so like to wrestle with, okay, how confident can I be with this? How much am I just coming up with random stuff? And mm-hmm. sometimes I'll spout something that's I've completely made up, but there's no one in the room who knows how to question me on it. So it's it's a topic that I don't think anyone else knows. And also I'll say something with confidence and everyone will be like, yeah, that sounds right. Like, yeah, that's right. <laughs> totally right. Yep. And then uh, you also love facts. Right. I do. I'm a sucker for facts. <laughs> um, but yeah, sometimes you have those moments you're like, I have spoken and I've only spoken because I know no one else is going to call me out on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think there's like two different, there's definitely two different ways, like you said, Brooks, to take that. Because people feel that imposter syndrome. I think everybody feels that at some point. And some people cope with it by pretending like they know it and pretending like they they know what everyone else supposedly knows. And then other people take the route of being just like, I know I know nothing and I'm stupid and I I'm uh yeah, just have this they downgrade themselves and they they yeah, it's not, that's not healthy. You, neither is healthy. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I definitely took that route too, Q. Mm-hmm. I think I took yeah. more of the like confidence and pretending like I had it all together. And then super, like in some cases, I felt like I did have it all together. And that was the pride part coming in. And in other cases, I was like mm. scared out of my mind that someone would find out that I didn't know what was going on. I'm like, don't ask me any more questions, please. Otherwise I'll break, you know? Oh yeah. And, uh, there's, there is like, <laughs> this is a little more lighthearted. I don't know if I have a great conclusion to it or a spiritual tie-in, but in, in high school or maybe it was middle school, I had to come up with a class project on uh, a diff, uh, some sort of monument in the United States. I had to do a paper on it and then a speech, or I, I guess it was just a speech because, I went in there that day, realized I had it, and I'm like, oh, shoot, this is two periods away, which I was homeschooled, but I went to a co-op. So any of my teachers listening to this, I apologize ahead of time. But basically, I went into a printer and printed off a couple pictures of (laughs) the Statue of Liberty, and I went into that class and completely made up the whole thing. I made up the whole thing, and I, I made up facts about it. And I was so scared because, but dude, I got an A on it. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Apparently they don't check. Um, and I got an A on it. Like you did such a good job. I love the confidence, <laughs> the confidence dude, that's you incredible. had. Yeah. I don't know if my mom even knows that. Well, mom, so what, what's the moral of that story? <laughs> There's not a great, I guess don't do that. But um, I guess it was like that idea of, of feeling like I was, yeah, I could get away with, uh, pretending to be somebody I'm, I'm not or have homework done that I didn't actually have done. Um, so it, I guess in a, in a way it's kind of a, <laughs> I don't know. I haven't thought about that in a long time. I haven't thought about that. I forgot that I did that until. <laughs> until that would be now. a lot of fun to reenact that. Oh, that would be. Oh my and like make a video and like do the same exact thing. Like just bring, just print off some pictures and we'll record you like, doing a whole speech on it and we'll time that whole the whole rest of the class i was just picturing like at the end the teacher coming up to me and like talking to me it never happened so um yeah i was just super relieved the rest of the day i'm like i'm expecting a phone call i'm expecting my parents to talk to me about it but nothing happened and it felt now i get to tell the story and it feels (laughs) 
Don't you love that? <laughs> feels great. Yeah. That's hilarious. It feels great. I got away with that. No. I mean, it goes to show how like how we can fake things and like yeah. how good we are at like making things up. Some people are yeah. more talented than others. Oh yeah. Um, well, I don't know I, if you call it. I don't know if you want to call it talent. Even. I mean, <laughs> it's kind of sad. It, it, it yes. More well versed. Yeah. Well, some people, some people are like they do have done it so much. They're so confident in themselves, even in stuff that, I, and basically you call them pathological liars. Like they don't, yeah. they, they've done that for so much of their life that they actually believe what they're saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like it's called that's politics. a scary place to be in. <laughs> yeah. I was, yeah, it's really politics, just like yeah. thinking how. Yeah. Like, I, I'm interested for both of you. What is a topic you'd be like fully willing to say, like I have spoken on mm. like if someone asks you something like what's your area of expertise where when you finish something you'd be like boom i've spoken like drop mic there's no such thing as truth other than what i just dropped on you <laughs> that's a good question man um i don't feel like a whole lot i feel like recently my confidence has more been in the fact that i don't know a lot of things and that's okay like giving advice to to people being like, okay, I'll tell you what I've experienced, and I can tell you that with confidence. I can tell you what I've like God has personally showed me, but I can also speak in confidence to the stuff that I that I, like. I can. That's I, I'm gonna have a hard time explaining this because it's it's like confidence in the unknown, but confidence that you can trust God with it. Yeah. So it's like I I I used to have a hard time saying I didn't know things, especially in a place of leadership when you're supposed to supposedly know things and people ask for your advice and I, mm. I used to have a hard time saying like i don't know i used to actually try to think of something on the spot without being led by the spirit or anything i'm just kind of like uh and it was just i'm sure it was awkward for the person too but it's awkward for me because i just ha- i felt like i had to come up with something and that's a yeah that's not a very good place to be in <laughs> and you should never do that um but I, I I probably did that a lot growing up because I felt like I should. Um, but I've learned to to know how to say I don't know when mm. people ask for for advice, and that was that was hard. But I, I guess I guess you could still have confidence in that too, and you probably yeah. should have confidence in that, and and knowing what you know and knowing what you don't know, and not being afraid or feeling stuck in a moment where you feel like someone's putting you on a pedestal enough to ask you a question about their life that you could possibly help them with. Um, yeah. Not taking that too, I don't know, taking your tel- yourself too seriously to say, man, I don't know. Let me think about it or let me pray about it. Let me ask somebody else. Or maybe y- you ask somebody else. Here's somebody like, here's um, my pastor. Like, go, you should ask him. I actually don't know. But, um, Anyway, yeah. I didn't answer your question at all, Q. No, you're <laughs> but um, but I'll think about it. Yeah. I'll ask someone's brother. Do you have yeah. To, yeah. Well, Brooke. off of that, I think sometimes that's like can be the strongest thing to do, and sometimes more helpful. The thing is like being like, "Hey, man, I I really can't identify, or I can't like, I can't say I've gone through what you're going through right now," you know. But sometimes, mm-hmm. oftentimes, like people, the what they're really wanting is somebody that just like enter into that feeling and what they're going through with them, right? Um, 
yeah, so I would just say that I think sometimes I'm, I'm also learning that being okay with being like, actually, mm. I don't know. And, and my work has, um, been a, a like a learning tool for that too. Cause people will call and ask things that are like way above my pay grade and mm. I'll be like, let me put you on hold. Um, <laughs> but, um, oh yeah. So what's something I feel like very confident in it yeah. and be like, I have spoken, um, Definitely certain artists for one, like Bonnie Vare. Okay. Um, like really? I've probably listened to all, almost every song on repeat. Like, dang. Um, and it's it's actually really funny. I have a friend at work who were we um we enjoy like competitiveness. Like we we don't like do commission or anything, but like if we're if one of us is working with a customer and there's like a really cool like exchange or relationship building there like one of us will like butt in and like mess with the other person <laughs> and like i was talking with some people she was talking with and we were kind of joking about like shoe pronunciations and like um like teva and teva <laughs> like it's actually teva oh. because that's what the company says is teva or i think i said i think i said la sportiva and it's la sportiva and they were How they gave me know. this look they were like <laughs> And then I was like, well, it's Teva. And then somebody backed me up. And then like my friend to mess with me, she's like, actually, it's Bon Iver. And then I defriended her. (laughs) Is it though? No, it's Bon Iver. Which I always said Bon Iver. But it's Bon Iver. I had never heard of him until Taylor Swift's most recent album. I'm sorry. Oh, oh, no. (laughs) Oh, I know. That's breaking a contract. Yeah. Well, that's just a funny thing for me. People can call it whatever they want. I don't care. But whenever people are like, no, it's this. And I'm like, no, it's this. (laughs) But in in like a fun, like nerdy way, I love like talking about all their songs and like how he wrote them and like all the journeys he took to write them. And then like his awesome, like ranch house that holds like 18 people. Like oh he's like yeah. 18 bunks where people can come record. And they had this big room that was a swimming pool room and that they like filled in. And it's just like a huge studio now. What? Anyway, I want, I want a ranch house to record music. If that's okay. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. It's a prayer request. I, I guess I was um, thinking of all spiritual things when I was, but yeah, like music for you. I definitely, mm-hmm. that's what I thought when I, when you start talking about stuff, music for sure. I guess for me, that would be design, design stuff. I, met, mm-hmm. I deal with yeah. it every single day and I make stuff every single day. And, and uh, yeah, I, I guess I'd feel pretty confident in, in mm-hmm. teaching or talking. I've about watched enough that, of your but... procreate like um, slideshows. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh, we had a little, we had a little skippage. Oh yeah. So I was, I, I thought you would finish speaking, but I think it just lagged a little bit. Um, oh, all the okay. time lapses that you post are amazing. Oh, yeah, like, yeah. I thoroughly enjoy watching no, like so. rather than just the final product, like the process of it being made. Yes. Oh, I love watching those. Yeah. It's yeah, yeah. wonderful. The process Thanks, is man. always a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, in, in whatever just, art expression. Yeah. yeah. I always love watching the behind the scenes of movies. It's oh almost interesting, more interesting than the movie. Oh my gosh, Q yes. could nerd out. I mean, Q and I went on a hike and like we just, what did you, you were teaching me about like some kind of, like how they made Mandalorian oh or something. Oh my gosh. Oh yeah. dude, that it was so yes. cool. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. We should just talk the rest of the, the podcast about that because that is, <laughs> it's new stuff that's just incredible. It's real time with like true black laser, true black laser projection mapped to where the camera is in the room, and it it's insane. Like 
it's, the reflections yeah. on his helmet are correct because it's actually reflecting the scenery. Know, it's a full 360 v- oh. view of of screen. It's amazing. It's insane. Um, first it's of its kind. Insane. Yeah, definitely watch that. Yes. What about you, Q? What's what's something you'd say you're super confident in? Oh gosh, um, honestly, probably probably filmmaking or some yeah. mixture of, of filmmaking and tech. Um, it's it's been a passion for long enough in my life that I've just, I mean, I I nerd out over stuff, I geek out over it, and just been way too long learning about it. And that's one of the ones that I've spent that amount of time learning about the longest. So definitely, kind of like the tech behind filmmaking would be my most niche area of expertise. Right, which is what you do now. That's yeah. That's that's pretty much what I do now, which I love. Yeah, Brooks, you mentioned something earlier, and I just mm-hmm. I have to go on a side tangent here. Uh, you mentioned Kiva? you you mentioned shoe pronunciations, shoe pronunciations. So my very first time on stage at the main service at the vineyard, mm-hmm. um, I was giving announcements, and one of the announcements was uh, this thing program we have called Kicks for Kids, mm-hmm. which is we donate shoes for children. Yes, um, and I went up there, and I was about to give the announcement, and I did something I didn't think was possible. I forgot the word shoes. I, I <laughs> literally, I could not think of the word shoes. I was like the, the in my mind, I'm thinking foot glove. Um, so I walk up there. I'm like, you can donate. And then I realized I'm like, Oh my gosh, I'm going to be that dude on stage who doesn't know the word shoes. So the first thing I just, every once in a while I'll do this thing where I just start talking and let my brain catch up after my mouth has already begun. <laughs> and the, the word that came out of my mouth was foot holsters. <laughs> Did you not on stage? Wow! So you can donate new foot holsters <laughs> to these kids, and it was the eight thirty service. And like, I think they thought I was trying to be like funny or yeah. quirky, which I kind of got away with it. Yeah, but you committed. It's because I forgot the word shoes. Yeah, you full on committed to that. I I went full send on that. I was like, yep, foot holsters. That's what they are. You want to donate one for these oh uh, kids gosh. who need them? Go for it. Yes. I was like, man, oh my I word. Remember the word for the next services, but that first service, man, I got some weird looks and more than normal for the 830 service. <laughs> more than normal. I don't know why that got me so much. I'm going to start calling <laughs> foot holsters. So yes. <laughs> you guys oh. sell foot holsters here. So here's a question for all of us because I think every person on this planet is talented in things. And we all excel at some of the same things, but we all are uniquely excel at different things. Um, so how do we like confidently live out those talents to the best of our ability and remain humble and honoring of other people and the Lord. It's a long question. Hmm. That is. Well, I mean, I guess, first of all, I mean, I think, I think God intended all those things to work together and somehow we've, the enemy has twisted it and almost made it seem hard to use the gifts that God gave us with confidence and humility. But that's, I mean, that's literally what he gave them to us for, to display his glory through our lives. Um, so how, how does that actually play out? That's, that is a hard question. And I think it depends on the situation. Um, I mean, you almost need like a, a scenario, but it, I, I guess it is like a heart posture of, of mm-hmm. the way you're doing it because some people are incredibly, incredibly gifted at something. Um, 
and you just want to talk to that person. You're just like, oh my goodness, you're so passionate about what you do and mm -hmm. it's and it's so contagious. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes when you actually end up meeting that person, they're so full of themselves that it immediately shuts you off mm. to how how much you appreciated them. Like you're just like, whoa, okay, yeah. never mind. Um, and then some people just like use that, that, well, um, passion they have and they know it's contagious and people want to talk to them about it and they use that to glorify god um and i guess that's where it can get into the false humility where some people are like oh you know it's god and it's all it's and they just have this like i don't know how to explain this because i don't want to sound i don't want to sound rude or, or sound like sacrilegious by saying that it's all god but do you guys know what I'm saying? Like some people yeah. are, are mm. over the top. They they almost sound like a robot. They know what they should say and they say it because they know what they should say instead of. Well, yeah, I think it's easy to get in that, but, and um, yeah, I know, I know that response you're talking about, like whenever somebody right. comes off stage or like does something really well and you're like, oh man, good job. That was awesome. And they're like, Hey, only God. Or like, <laughs> so I have trouble like remembering advice or taking advice to heart. Um, but it's just interesting that you guys brought up that specific phrase because uh, it is one of the two pieces of advice that I actually have remembered in my life um, was directly related to that exact phrase. I was in London. It was my internship in 2017, and I was really excited because I finally got to give my first like sermon in front of an actual church mm -hmm. worth of people, and I'd spent uh, quite a while working on it. I was really happy with it, and after the delivery, uh, my mentor came up to me. Uh, and for context, my mentor, his name is Mr. Q, which is great. <laughs> he was my youth minister uh, from the time I was in middle school all the way to high school until he uh, moved to London, took a youth position job there. That's so and cool. uh, so I ended up going to London to do my internship with him. So after the service, he's like, hey, man, you did a, you did a really good job. And like praise from him is like the praise that I covet the most. Mm. So like this person's known every phase of me. He has mm. he, like he has formed so much of my own personality. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. So and I, I did that response. I was like, I mean, that wasn't me, man. That was all God. And he looks at me and I still remember this moment like it was yesterday. He goes, it wasn't that good. <laughs> I was like, oh. oh my gosh but he was he was totally right mm -hmm. i'm like if you say it's all god then suddenly i mean you have to deliver something that only god would deliver mm. and that's that's not our job as humans to do oh that's and that's then good. like he just he gave, he just gave this quick lesson on humility afterwards he goes you know you're you're allowed to have talents you're allowed to have passions mm. you're allowed to like accept a compliment that you you did a good job he's like god gave you that skill you don't need to like take it away from yourself mm -hmm. it should always reflect god but you shouldn't be god yeah if that if that makes any sense mm -hmm. so that's that's one of those moments that's like stuck with me forever and i've it it helped me learn how to like take a compliment and also definitely knock me down like three rungs about two seconds after i climbed five rungs up yeah yeah wow yeah yeah that's a good point that's like i'll i'll definitely remember that story and we'll <laughs> use that line sometimes. it's also yeah it's a great comeback yeah. <laughs> I, I got to use that one of our youth kids and I, yeah. I was like all right i know i sold this line but i love it so much yes another characteristic i've seen in people who like um display their gifts well is that they're like um they they use their gifts to like empower others and to encourage others um and to inspire and 
there's plenty of people I look up to who are, who do that. Well, I won't go down the list because it's <laughs> long. Um, yeah. And it always, it doesn't have to look like, I mean, we say this a lot, but it doesn't have to look like, uh, something that's all on a screen or on a stage. Um, I have a friend, I'll just say her by name cause she doesn't care. My friend, Danaea, she is like, um, she's very, very passionate about, um, childcare and child development. Um, and she works for a Montessori school right now. And like, I love hearing about, um, all that she's reading about Montessori education and all her stories. She's like, she's reading this book. And like, there was this one part that was talking about how to deal with a tantrum in a specific way. She said she like read it and then tried it the next day and it worked perfectly. Um, and I just loved hearing her passion for that. Um, and she's Mm -hmm. so talented in working with kids and like, she's using that she's excelling and like putting her hundred percent into that gift. Um, and it's so cool to see how like that fruit is helping others and she's going to be my kid's teacher one day. So <laughs> I told her already, like, you're, you're going to be cool. my kid's teacher. <laughs> do, do you happen to remember how to stop a tantrum? Cause that sounds like really useful information. Um, I think the first step was just like, let them, let them play it out. Like hmm. if they're being safe, like I think the kid she was working with, she just like let him cry and bawl like while she was holding him. And she kept being like, um, would you like me to wipe your nose? And he just like kept crying. And then eventually, and she said like a sign of when a tantrum is over is they'll take a huge deep breath in and a huge audible sigh. And then they'll be fine. Like if you let the tantrum play out and then they take in a big breath and sigh, the tantrum's over. And she kept being like, would you like me to wipe your nose now? And then he took a big sigh and she was like singing to him and like holding him. And then he sighed, and then he was like, okay, you can wipe my nose now. <laughs> How old was this kid? Uh, I think preschool age. Okay. If that's not a reflection of our relationship with God, I don't know what it is. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that's an awesome point. Yeah, she yeah. works at a Montessori preschool. So another question is, how do we see Jesus using his word authoritatively in Scripture? So kind of to answer that, I'm going to bring it back to – the phrase that we talked about before, which is I have spoken. Um, I, I had watched a little bit, a couple of compilations of, I have spoken on YouTube beforehand. <laughs> um, you know, you gotta, gotta brush up on your source material before you enter a podcast. <laughs> um, but one of the big things I noticed was, um, it was never, it was never a declaration made without a reason. Mm, um, he yeah. never was like, I would like pancakes. I have spoken. <laughs> he would say, all right, I'm going to help you go to Tatooine. Someone would say, no, 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 like you don't need to do that. And he goes, no, 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 I have spoken. Mm-hmm. So it was always, it was always a response to someone else or something else that someone has said. So he he never used it as like a declaration or as like a, a way to establish his authority. Mm-hmm. He only ever used it after his authority was questioned. Mm-hmm. And I think it's very, very mm-hmm. much the same with Jesus. He He never once started with, Hey, I am the son of God. You need to listen to what I have to say. Mm-hmm. He would say, Hey, here's something that's true. Here's something that's morally correct. But he never had to lead with, I guess, what we would consider earthly authority. Mm-hmm. He never had to like put his resume out just to make sure that people would listen to him first. He only ever pulled the I'm the son of God card after someone questioned what he had said. And even then it was it was used sparingly. 
And yeah. I, I, I can't imagine very many times in scripture when Jesus would use the phrase, I have spoken, but I can almost guarantee you it would be after all of his encounters with the Pharisees yeah, or someone questioning him afterwards. I don't think he would ever be, he gives a sermon and then just mic drops, I have spoken and walks away. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's, that's kind of a, a parallel between Star Wars and Jesus. Yeah. yeah. Which there's many. There's many. <laughs> oh, there always are. Yes. Yeah. I was, uh, I've been reading through Mark and I, I realized a pretty interesting shift. Like for, I guess the first half, it was, Jesus spoke in a lot of parables. And then there was a mm-hmm. specific chapter where it said like, Jesus was speaking plainly now. Mm-hmm. Like there came a point where he was speaking in parables and like speaking figuratively. Um, and then there was a point where he was like, very matter of fact, this is going to happen. And they still, and like his disciples still um, didn't fully understand what he was saying. Um, so I, I thought that was an interesting shift. One way that I, another way that I see it is that when God, when Jesus just came back from fasting before he started his ministry and uh, he like spoke scripture to the devil um, to combat his temptation um those are like uh, those are moments of like no this is truth like god says this um Mm -hmm. there's that that came to my mind and then also some stories that we've talked about before on the podcast uh which is some one of my favorite stories but the the moment when jesus did basically i I have spoken moment to nature Mm-hmm. by telling the winds and the waves to stop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that was just, I don't know. It's just one of the most impactful or visual things, uh, moments in scripture where he's just like this, I have spoken, like stop, cease. And yeah. it obeyed. Uh, and that's that's like, uh, I don't know, those are super cool. I've, I'm I'm sure there's a ton of them. Like when Jesus says, be healed, you know, it's not a matter of like opinion or it could possibly be be happening. It's I have spoken like yeah. this. This will be done in my name now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that's such a cool. I don't know. I love those moments in scripture where Jesus just just like. I don't know. With authority, ask something to be well, command something to be done. And it's just done. That's powerful. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. And his his answer too. Whenever people ask, like, "How did you do that?" His answer is essentially, "I have spoken." Yeah, I, I said it. It happened. That's mm-hmm. how this works around here. Like, it's always his answer, mm-hmm. and I love that. Yeah, and you see that in like whenever uh, Pharisees question his authority, whenever he forgives someone, like examples, whenever somebody comes to be healed, and Jesus says. Um, you, son, your sins, your, I'm misquoting, but son, your sins are forgiven. And then the Pharisees are like, what, who is he to forgive? And then he's like, let me show you how powerful my word is. Um, take up your mat and walk. And then the person mm-hmm. is healed. Um, and then he's just, yeah, you just made the mic drop breath or like a uh, gesture of like, oh, you need proof of how much authority I have with my words here on earth, um, to forgive. Let me show you like how powerful I, my words are to heal. Um, 
Yeah. And then like, we could talk, we could do seminars on the, the words, it is finished, you know? Um, oh, that would, <laughs> I, I was thinking about moments when Jesus would have said, I have spoken. I think that's probably the biggest moment. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah. boom. It is finished. Yeah, it's so powerful. About that. Talking about Jesus, obviously he has a ton of these truth moments where he just says, I have spoken um, all throughout scripture um but when when he left the earth and asked and said like even greater than these shall you do because i'm going to heaven with my father so do we have that same authority and that same ability to speak with such confidence and what does that look like to be human but yet speak with authority that comes from God. What does that, what does that look like? And what's a healthy way to mm. view that? Yeah. I, I feel like to even approach that, you almost have to have a decent like understanding of what it means like to speak in full humility and also full confidence. Mm. Jesus never spoke without both of those together. And sometimes when I see, what I what I personally wrestle with when I think through these verses, going okay, well, like, all authority and these places are are given to God, and then He said, "Hey, you can you can do this. Like you have my authority." I I always go either too far in the end of like Q has spoken, <laughs> all right, Ooh. like God's yeah. given this to me, and I'm I'm dishing it out to you now, like the full confidence or like the full humility side, where it's like. God, can you please do this for me? Mm. Pretty please. Yeah. Like, I, I know you mentioned that you do that at one point, but like, c- can you? And finding yeah. the, the balance between those is, I won't say impossible, but it's something that I feel like no one ever stops wrestling with. And the people who are the closest are the ones who I feel like have gone down their walk of faith mm. the furthest. Yeah. You, you can see that living out in their lives when they have both the confidence and humility living together kind of like how in star wars gonna bring it back here watch this um (laughs) there's never just the light side and there's never just the dark side they're always intertwined together Mm -hmm. um not saying that either one of those things is the light or dark side in this case um but you you require both of them for that balance um and i think finding that balance is essential to spiritually maturing Mm -hmm. yeah like there's so many times over the years where I've I've had to unlearn things because I've claimed mm. things over my life where I'm like it's almost like I have spoken moment towards myself or I've claimed things as truth about mm. myself without putting them at the feet of Jesus. Like it didn't filter through Jesus. Like mm-hmm. that was before I, I somehow let those sneak in. Everybody has those things yeah. where they let un like lies basically become a part of your foundation and you're saying, yeah, that's, that's who I am. That's, I've always been anxious. I've always been this, I've always been that. And without laying them at the, at the feet of Jesus. And honestly, it's hard to even identify those things unless someone brings it out or points, puts light at it, or you yourself do some soul searching and saying, God's, you know, search my heart. See if there's anything in there that's not of you. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's a, I mean, it kind of brings us into another, another train of thought, but like the, that, those I have spoken moments that are false, like we can definitely do that. We can speak in quote unquote 
confidence or, or know something about ourselves that actually isn't true? Mm-hmm. And how do we start to align those moments or those things about ourselves with God? Yeah. You know? There's a, there's a young boy at our church who is adorable. He is the son of our old youth minister. And for the longest time, I want to say he was two or three at the time, uh, he did not know mm. that Brooks and I were different people. <laughs> yes. So what? he, you, and if you've seen both us both in real life, like we're both human males, but I mean, <laughs> the similarities physically stop about there. We are both human males. <laughs> but uh, so this, this young boy would come up and be like, hi Brooks. I'd be like, man, you know who I am? He goes, Brooks. I'm like, nope. I, I am Q. He'd be like, cool. I'm like, no, Q. Brooks. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Brooks was Brooks, but I, I was just also Brooks. And it wasn't a matter of like, he didn't know my name. He knew my name. Like he, he would say it every once in a while, but he was just convinced is like, this person is also Brooks. And he spoke with that. Like I have spoken confidence. Mm. I'd be like, I'm Q. And he'd be like, nah, you Brooks. The more, the more, you know, uh, yeah. but sometimes we have that like childlike confidence in something that is completely and utterly wrong. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it takes like an adult to call it out, not just once, but like repeatedly until you've yeah. like, grown oh, yeah. up a couple years mm-hmm. and realize these are not the same people or yeah. this is not my identity or that's not Brooks's identity or Q's identity. Mm-hmm. Like, but I've just for the longest time in your brain, like every time he saw me, if he said Brooks, like those mental connections were made. Every time you think mm-hmm. about yourself, if you think about your anxiety with it, it's like, oh, that mental connection is made. Y- your brain might not say it out loud, but internally your brain's like, yo, I've spoken. Your brain's <laughs> like, I am anxious. Yeah. And you have to like speak. Yeah. You have to physically like speak against it. No, I'm Q. Yeah. Yeah. I think a couple, probably months ago now, I we I talked about this in youth group, um, me, and, uh, me and Corey, Truby my father-in-law, but I feel like it's this perfect example of, um, of believing something about yourself. That's not true, but it's it actually is about the movie toy story four. Have you guys seen the movie? Not yet. Oh my goodness. I think Rosie's I have. In? Oh, I fell asleep okay. during it. Okay. Well, for those of you listening, you've seen toy story four. There's this character who actually I find pretty darn annoying. Uh, uh forky. 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 Yeah. Essentially, is this character is this toy who who was who was a spork, or maybe he's a just a fork. I think he was a spork <laughs> anyway. Um, and he and Bonnie, this girl, uh, one of the main girls uh, in art class at school, made him into this character. Made him little feet, uh, popsicle sticks, and maybe play doh or something. Put some you know little googly eyes on him. Anyway, made him in toy, so it made him into a toy, and uh, a lot of the movie is about uh, Forky. And this this idea it was so interesting because I was we were doing this series on movies and relating it to uh, biblical truths, and we that was this week was about Toy Story four, and I'm like watching this this scene about Forky, and we're looking at different different. Um, yeah, similes between that the movie and, and the Bible. And this one popped out at me because Forky the whole time, he doesn't want to be a toy. Mm. He's like, I'm trash. I was meant to be used a couple of times mm. and to enjoy food. And then I was meant to be thrown in the trash. Let me do that. 
and he keeps trying to get away and Woody being the loyal friend that he is and um, the toy has been the whole, I get emotional about these movies. I love Toy Story. The whole, the whole series is amazing. But Woody, the, the great friend he is and loyal person he is, he, he's like, I can't let you do that. Bonnie loves you so much. And anyway, there's this moment where Forky jumps out the back of the RV that they're in. And he says, I was made for the trash. You can't tell me any different. Woody goes after him. And they have this conversation where he's like, I, I'm trash. And Woody says, look at the name at the bottom of your foot. This is Andy. Mm-hmm. Or it doesn't say Andy. It says Bonnie. Mm. You belong to Bonnie. You are no longer trash. You were made to be Bonnie's toy. You give Bonnie hope and you give her like you, you bring her so much joy. And I just feel like that's such a an amazing thing and a simile to bring to us because I feel like we do that all the time to ourselves and we have so many people around us who believe that we may not even know that and we can speak those truths that we know about God into that person's life and say, oh my goodness, you were not made for the trash, you know? Yeah. Have those moments and have those talks. And I can't tell you how rewarding those are. Yeah. And I'm I, maybe you've felt those experiences before, but that's that's like one of the most amazing things when you can speak that into somebody and help them realize that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, one thing I've noticed with like uh well, first of all, that that's an incredible like analogy. Oh my gosh. And, yeah. yeah. That's amazing. I wish I didn't fall asleep in that movie cuz I would've been crying. <laughs> Um, well, it's yeah. I had to work hard at finding that because it was <laughs> he was pretty annoying. <laughs> I feel like annoying I love how like <laughs> I I really love how this conversation kind of s- is steering towards like false humility and like talking about humility and like identity. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I've noticed with like working with Gen Z and like just meme culture is like s- jokes that are self degrading and yeah. like there's a lot out mm-hmm. there. Um, yeah. TikToks of people just like degrading themselves, but and I just want to put out there like if you call yourself trash in my presence, I will call you out. <laughs> like mm-hmm. I've I met somebody recently, and they were like, "Oh, I'm trash," and I was like, "No, you are not." <laughs> like um, I will straight up fight you if you call yourself trash. Um, but <laughs> I will beat you. Up. I will make you feel bad about I will yourself. Put you in no, the trash can. <laughs> Yeah, I, I guess my if I if I had to sum up and say, all right, here's here's a piece of advice to someone who's listening. Um, I'd say don't don't speak with um, the voice that you want other people to hear. Speak mm. with the voice that you know is correct. In the moments where you realize I can make up something that sounds convincing, and no one would question me on it, ignore that voice. That voice isn't the voice that God's given you. That's the voice that you want to prescribe to yourself. Um, mm. speak what you know and, and be willing to say, I don't know for the others. No one will ever get upset at you for not knowing something. That's, that's humility. If you mix that combination of humility with the confidence that God's given you and the passions that he's blessed you with, it's, it's hard to go wrong with that. Yeah, it, re- it really is. And no one will ever look at you and think that you're not genuine. Mm. At the end of the day, that's, that's important. That's that's your yeah. witness. If you can say, hey, what I say is is what I say. When I say something, I have spoken, and no one has to wonder if I'm telling the truth or not, then you've done something right. Mm. Yeah. That'd be that'd be my yeah. advice. That's definitely a character I wanna 
I want to be have and have. I want to I want to have that character for sure. Hmm. What about you, Brooks? What's what's a piece of advice you'd give? Yeah, I would just say like spending time in the Lord's presence um, and like getting your heart used to hearing his voice. Um, yeah. One of my friends, um, Jason Stewart, I'd love to get him on the podcast sometime soon. Um, but he, I listened to his podcast, which is called, he's got a podcast, but there's two different names for two different styles. One is called The Construction Monk. So it's about like Ooh. living a contemplative life, um, but like, in the real world, like doing your everyday day job, you know? Um, so it's called the construction monk, but one, uh, there was a podcast on like hearing the voice of God. And like, he was talking about a season of like, God, why can't I hear you? And then the Lord's response being, why is your world so loud? You know? Mm-hmm. So my advice would be like, practice getting quiet and being in places and times without stimulus so you can hear the Lord and then your heart will get used to being in that security of identity um, and being able to like walk that out in all your circles. Hmm. Yeah. That's really good. What, yeah. what about I you? Think, well, I, I think ne- next week we're actually, um, having my uh, pastor on we're going to talk to him about truth and uh and we we talked about truth today i know like this is like i have spoken moments jesus like like all of us have said just now the advice is basically understand truth know truth um and truth is jesus like so grow your relationship with jesus um but yeah I, i i guess it's along the same vein as you guys is just understanding who you are in God and don't, don't be so prideful as to think all that you have in your mind right now is set in stone. And that, um, yeah, don't, don't be prideful uh, enough to not take advice. And, um, yeah, I guess just having this sense of humility because, um, there are a lot of things and there's still a lot of things that I have to hand over to Jesus and understand um, truth in a, in a healthier way. Like there's, there's always going to be things in my life. Um, and the moment we, we, we shut off that humility switch in us and, and think we've had enough and think we have enough uh, wisdom or uh, more than our brother or sister and be like, okay, I'm the wisest one that I know of. <laughs> mm-hmm. And you turn off that switch. Um, that's, that's where it gets super dangerous. Um, the most successful people and the most wisest people in my life are those who are still the, the best learners and mm-hmm. the best listeners um, mm-hmm. specifically to God and his voice in their life. And so I'm really, really excited about next week because we're going to be talking about truth. What is truth and what is what has the world um, distorted truth to be and, and made us think truth is? Because there's so many, so many things out there that people say is true. Um, 
that's not? And how do we know what we think is true? So there's all there's a ton of these questions going around and have, have been on my mind for as long as basically I can, I, I started thinking for myself is like, how do I know truth? How do I know what I'm thinking right now is true? And so um, anyway, I'm excited about that for next week. But um, in a nutshell, it's Jesus himself. So anyway, that's a good one. Um, that's a good one yeah. 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 Well, cool. Cool. Yeah, this has been fun. Yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. Absolutely. Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us today. We are definitely glad to be back and kicking out some more content for the podcast. Season two has officially landed, and we're really excited for the goals that we've set over the last several weeks and uh, the guests that we're planning on having. It's going to be awesome. Excited for you guys to uh, listen to it. If you want to be a part of the Freshly Squeezed community, go check us out on Facebook and Instagram. We love making new friends over there. And also, uh, we see this podcast as a conversation. So we try to get content ideas from you guys and questions that you may have for guests that we have on the podcast. So keep an eye out for that. I hope you guys have an amazing week. May the force be with you. And as always, stay fresh.